I'm Claire Liu, and I'm the CEO of Know Your Team software that helps you become a better leader and avoid becoming a bad boss. And I am extremely excited today to have someone who is pretty much an expert on this topic in uh, in, in the latter case, right, of avoiding becoming a bad boss, someone who's managed to do this over the years. Really proud to have Edward Kim on the show, who is the co-founder and head of engineering for Gusto, a all-in-one platform for HR, payroll, benefits. We actually use it at Know Your Team. I think every single person who I've talked to, by the way, Edward, I don't know if you know, I mean, you probably know this, that uses your product in your company. They rave about just like how easy it is, how seamless it is. Um, so it's, it's been fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, that's, yeah, that's an, it's an honor to serve all these companies. It's, uh, it's great to hear that. Yeah. And, you know, you and I, we originally met here in San Francisco. We spoke on the same panel. And yep. I remember when I was interviewing Edward, just being really uh, impressed with how much growth the company has undergone. And for you yourself as a leader, how much growth you've undergone. And so excited to ask you, yeah, this one question about leadership today. Cool. Excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, you bet. All right. So here's the question, Edward. It's What's one thing, or it could be several things, that you wish you would have learned earlier as a leader? Yeah, so definitely have learned a great many things in my journey in becoming a leader. I would say one of the earliest lessons that I learned was, as a technical co-founder, there is a transition period that you have to go through where you're primarily developing a software as an individual contributor and eventually, as your team grows, you kind of need to stop doing that, actually, in order to properly lead your team. And for me, I think a big lesson that I learned was actually making that transition sooner. I think I held on to huh. okay. being a developer and contributing to the code for, I would say, maybe about a year and a half longer than I, than I should have. Wow. Okay. And I think that was, you know, in hindsight, a, a pretty turbulent time in Gusto's engineering team. Because I was trying to do two very, very important roles at the same time and probably not doing a stellar job in, in either. And mm. so it wasn't really until I almost forced myself to fully commit to being a people leader and giving up coding myself that I was really able to embrace my growth as a, as a leader. And I think that's when kind of I started just accelerating my own development because I was able to like fully focus my time there. Mm. In my opinion, and I talked to a lot of early technical leaders about this, it resonates with them so much, right? And uh, it's <laughs> I'm, so that's why I'm like smiling hindsight. and nodding my head. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, so obvious yeah. in hindsight and oftentimes said, but very poorly practiced in real scenarios. And there's a lot of good reasons for that. But yeah, I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I learned. I wish I learned it a little bit earlier. Yeah, you are hitting on one that I could not have heard enough times, like you were saying, from fellow founders uh, and leaders, that transition being so hard. I have so many questions to, to ask around the situation. But I guess first is just to give uh, you know our listeners and viewers a little bit of context about like what this moment in time really looked like for you and w- what was happening. Like, Tell me a little bit about like how many employees were you at, like, what was going on in the company? And what did that year and a half where you waited too long, like what did it actually look like? Like, How did you know that things were maybe, I mean, were they 
they burning down or were there no fires actually? And it was like maybe a, a mentor or like a, a coworker or something that pulled you aside yeah. and was like, hey, was it your yeah. team that said something? Like, tell me a little, like, let's zoom in a little bit on like, what was that year and a half of you were like, oh, that I wish, <laughs> I wish I would yeah. have made that change sooner. Yeah, sure. Um, to uh, paint a little bit of context, yes. I think our engineering team, and at that stage of the company, most of the headcount is in engineering. So our engineering team was probably around 10 to 12 engineers mm-hmm. or so. Yep. And I was spending a lot of my time uh, building features, fixing bugs, fixing bugs for things that I had written you know, in, <laughs> yeah. in the first like, uh, you know, two, two or three years of the company. I love it. Yep. And uh, I was, again, just trying to do two different roles at once. And every day I would kind of wake up and I would, you know, have some coding work to do, building features, fixing bugs. And then also have what we now call like people empowerment. At Gusto, Mm -hmm. we use the word PE, people empowerment, um, instead of uh, people management. And I had the other bucket of work, which is around people empowerment. And at at that stage, you know, you have engineers that are starting to ask questions like, hey, what does my salary look like a couple of years from now? Mm. Not something I'm thinking about immediately because we know we're on this journey together. But at the same time, like looking to buy a house and and I want to stay committed to this company long term. What can I expect in terms of like my progression in terms of salary? Uh, what can I expect in terms of the, like the mentorship that I'm going to get and the coaching I'll get? Do we have titles or not? These are all questions that you don't really have to answer when you're just a few engineers in a room, like just trying to like build the first feature together. But when you get to around, I think, 12 to 15 or so engineers, and there's also a time element, like when you're maybe about a year and a yeah. half into the company, these are questions that very naturally and in a very healthy way start coming up. And so that second bucket of work that I had to do when I wake up in the morning was answering some of those questions, right? It's coming up with our uh, compensation bands. Our, uh, we don't have titles right now at Gusto, but at the time we started coming up with engineering titles. Mm-hmm. How do people get mentorship and growth? What are programs around that? Do we give budgets to people to go to conferences? All these things that mm. like, you don't really have to think about when you're small, like you start having to think about. And so I would wake up every day and uh, I have these two buckets of work and me just loving to develop. I love coding. I love building things. I naturally gravitate towards the first bucket of work, which is building things and and fixing bugs and and building features. And I say to myself, okay, this other stuff is really important. I'll get to it at the, at the end of the day. Right. But what ends up happening is you just get sucked in, right? When I'm coding, like I just lose all sense of time. I always feel like I'm so close to getting a breakthrough. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of like developers experience the same thing. Like you miss meals because you just get so into it. So much fun. And so, you know, it, se- it feels very benign at first, but you like reschedule like a one-on-one saying, okay, look, can we, can yeah. we meet like maybe tomorrow? Cause I'm like really in the zone here. And then the end of the day comes and you don't really get to thinking about salary progression or titles or things like that. And then you're too tired to like do it. And if you do do it, you kind of like rush through it. Right. Cause you're at the end of the day. So that was kind of like what it looked like uh, for a while. Uh, I would say for about three to six months. I wouldn't say things mm-hmm. were like hair on fire at any point. Right. But I did feel like things started to get a little shaky, right? You know, when your team comes up to you and they're asking the same question like three or four times, do you have any like updates for me on this? Like, and everyone's really polite and Gusto's culture is like really, really nice. But uh, that's sure. a good sign yeah. that like people are a little bit nudging you to get a, a little bit more progress mm. on these really important things. 
And I think from my perspective, I didn't see it as big of a deal as others saw it. I was, that's what I was going to ask. I was like, what was the rationalization during this time? Like you're noticing and observe, like hindsight's always mm-hmm. 2020, right? Like you're, you're yeah. observing that some people are coming to you saying some things at the, yeah. T- yeah. Tell me a little bit more. It sounds like you were about to share that, by the way. I didn't mean to cut yeah, off. Yeah, no, not at all. Cut um, you off in there. Yeah. Yeah. I th- it's a great question. Nobody's actually asked me that like directly, <laughs> but I think it's yeah. a really great question. I think there is a difference in how founders see the company and how even early employees see the company. Yeah. When you're a founder in the company, you actually don't care yeah. about any of that stuff. And you never will. You don't really care about like your salary. You don't care about your title. Like you're really, that's, yeah. that's kind of what it means to be a founder. And as a founder, like I think I project that thinking to like the early employees. It's like, oh, they're asking about it, but it's not that important. Because we're all in this yeah. together, right? And we are in this together. Yeah. And and the early uh, engineers at Gusto, engineers today, we're also bought into the mission of the company. That's one of the real uh, strengths of, of Gusto, I think. But I think there is a difference in the mindset of founders and then the mindset of even early employees. Hmm. And as founders, I think it is easy to not take that as seriously because you yourself, like, it's not as important to you. Right. So. I think it's a little bit of projection. Bit of projection. I'm also hearing in that too a difference in motivation, right? Not and, and this is something like I think a lot about I mean, even internally with New Your Team is like what we are all individually motivated by, like is so strong. Yeah. And so it's so easy to project that and yeah. the thought that it might actually be different for other people and yeah. vary. Yeah. Uh is yeah. it's like hard to wrap your head around. And also like and I think about this question a lot with New Your Team is like, how do you figure out also then like, well, what are other people's motivations? Like yeah. how do you have you know like, t- to what extent does that matter? How do you actually unpack that? But I, uh, you know, it comes it comes down to that is you know what you're motivated by and, and building this thing and seeing it in a certain way and yeah. and what success for the company looks like is is likely different yeah. naturally yeah. than than yeah. people who are coming after you yeah. and, and are not founders totally, which is fine. Yeah, but it's, it's totally different. Fine. It's, it's it's very normal. It's very healthy. Exactly. Uh, yeah. every, but everyone is in like they're we're all in this together. They care about the mission. And just because you care about these other things doesn't necessarily mean you care about the mission that we're on together any less. Right. I guess that's another big learning of mine, that not everyone thinks like you. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like newsflash, seemingly so obvious. Uh, But when you're in it, you can't, yeah, it's it's hard to, it's hard to get your head out of it. Yeah. Sure. And I, I remember this one specific moment where it did take, uh, my co-founder, Josh, the CEO, a really tough conversation with me. Really? Yeah, yeah. To to tell me that like, hey, you need to focus on the second bucket of work more. And in fact, you need to mm. stop coding like immediately. <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah. And how did you take that at the time? Uh not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm generally pretty even keel. So like on the I think on the outside like, you know I appreciate I was, the honesty, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean on the outside I was obviously fine and like taking the feedback well. But you know, inside like feedback especially if it's critical feedback, it is, it's hard to, to listen to. It's, it's good to listen to, but it is, you know, it's always hard. You know, in my head, it's like, you don't understand. There's all these bugs, mm. uh, all these customers yeah. are having issues. You don't see all the stuff that's going on in the code base. And you can't just like tell me to stop coding and, and like, I need to be in there and, and fixing things. Otherwise, this company is going to fall apart. That's like kind of what's going on in my head. Yeah, and then like kind of some some like weird things happen. Like you start to hide a little bit when you're coding, where because you know you shouldn't be doing it, but you still need to do it. Uh, covert coding. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. On that. I, mean, I don't know if that's just me, but a little bit of that happened. But mm-hmm. ultimately, like, I, you know, sometimes you need to take a step back from it, let it sink in for a few days. And you start thinking about it and you're like, you know what, there is some truth to this. And feedback, even if not delivered well, like always has like a good, there's, in my, my philosophy is that there's always something beneficial that you can extract, that you can learn from that. And, uh, and, and a great part of just like growth mindset is like, even if you don't agree with every single thing, there's something in there that's of value to do to you. And, and your job right. is to just focus on that part and, not, and nothing else, right? That's the only right. way you're going to like really accelerate your growth personally. I love that. Yeah, it's just information. Yeah. Right. You can filter it in any way, but it's information. It's a data just point. Feedback. Right. Yeah. And you could reject feedback too. You don't have to like agree with all of it. Nope. But I always try to look for some truth in it, right? It's coming from yep. somewhere. So yeah, I think after a couple of days, I was like, you know what? There is actually a lot of truth to this. When mm-hmm. I think maybe a year or two ahead, like that is probably like where this goes anyways. And so I'm going to do an experiment for myself. I'm actually going to just stop like cold turkey. Huh. And interesting, yeah. Immerse myself in people empowerment and people development and, and leading uh, technical teams. And so, at that point, what I decided to do was a bit extreme. Uh, I actually just bought a plane ticket to New York for a week. And this is during the weekday. This is like uh, just you know for Monday yeah. through Sunday. And you're and you're based in 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 San Francisco at the time. Yeah, I'm based in San Francisco. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I flew to New York. Yep. I was one of the you know I always liked New York. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna just hang out there. Uh, I don't have any plans. I'm mm-hmm. going by myself. And I'm going to just hold myself up in a hotel room and read all of these books that I took with me. Like I literally took a suitcase full of like management books. To- okay. Oh, 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 we've got to pause here. Okay. What was, yeah. What was in the suitcase? Like what, what, what books? And how did you figure out which books to get? Were you literally just like, okay, Amazon business category, like top sellers, like top 20 or with their, you know, recommendations? And I did have some like mentors that I've uh, been talking to, People like Steve Herod, who's the CTO, uh, ex-CTO of uh, VMware, and uh, Aditya, mm-hmm. who was the head of engineering at the time for Dropbox. And I would ask them yep. questions like, you know, if I were to pick some books, like, what do you recommend I read? And so I kind of like, you know, cobbled together through people I know or, or like threads that I've read, like what books to get. Yep. And I took it to New York. And basically, my intent was to actually go and, and read them all and learn as much as I could. Okay. Yeah. I utterly like failed doing that. I was about to say, what happened? So what <laughs> like, ended up happening bracing was, myself. Okay. it actually ended up being a time where I actually just coded like nonstop. <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> so I had this me. one feature that oh I was my God. working That's on so and I got sucked in again. I, I uh, oh. basically, you know, hold up and like built a, you know, relatively like big feature uh, ask and just came back having not really read much and spending mm-hmm. most of the time, you know, doing what I was exactly what I was trying to avoid. And so I came back like somewhat proud that I had like finished this feature, but also like somewhat embarrassed that I had actually mm-hmm. utterly failed in in the somewhat like expensive like investment that I had made in myself. Wow. So, that, so that actually, you know, it, I had like another false start there. And just to pause on that moment, just for a mo- just for a second, like. Was it sort of a moment of like under at the time? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you did have almost like a self acknowledging like guilt almost mm-hmm. of man, this is like, it's almost like, uh, what, I'm trying to think of what a good analogy is. It's like, mm, you're it's trying like you're to, trying like, to go on a better. diet and then like you just yeah, like go I was like literally, binge eat 
all this stuff. And, and you like go go to Whole Foods and you like get the grocery cart with like all the expensive organic yeah. like fruits and vegetables, and then you go home and you eat like the Ben yeah. and Jerry's like yeah. Cherry Garcia yeah, yeah. freezer or something like shrimp, that. Maybe shrimp chips. I don't know. My my snack of choice. Sh- okay, shrimp. Sh- okay, there we go. Like mine is definitely ice cream. Like that would that would be my my sin of choice, but. That is like the the visual of that too, yeah. and just like the narrative is is. Yeah. I mean, I'm smiling because it's just so relatable. Like yeah. we're so fallible as as humans. Every time yeah. we do try to make a big behavior totally. change, yeah, yeah, so relatable. Yeah, so came back a uh, complete failure. But one quote I really like is, "You either win or you either learn." So if you lose, if you fail, it's a learning mm. opportunity. And that was just kind of a really painful lesson, I think, and just kind of like my, my real, my true natural inclination and that, yes. I, that how hard it's going to be for me. And so after that, there wasn't any like glorious attempt again. I just kind of <laughs> took that learning and I was like, okay, I actually really need to uh, focus on uh, hmm. my own personal development as, as a leader for this engineering team. Yep. And uh, yeah, slowly but surely, I wish there was a more exciting like climax to the story, but just started reading <laughs> books and getting really into it and meeting as many people as I could, getting connected to people who would become my mentors later. You know, we had raised some money. So also was fortunate enough to get connected some, with some executive coaches as well. Awesome. And uh, I think just through all of that, really kind of embraced this new type of challenge that I was facing and how to uh, become mm-hmm. a better uh, leader. And then, you know, just knowing my inclination with uh, coding where I tend to get like sucked in yeah i just had to like quit cold turkey essentially um and the few times that i did you describe like, it almost like a drug right by the way I, yeah it's, I it's, so. So, it's so funny <laughs> in a good way like we all have that like the thing we're addicted to exactly, right like yeah. the thing that like yeah. it's probably the reason we got into the industry or you know as part of the work that we do just like yeah it gives us kind of that oh yeah it's thrill. For, yeah i mean that's yeah. that's why i studied engineering like it's just yeah. it's play for me it's fun yep and time flies just like you know, you're, you're hanging out with friends, uh, having a good time. It's, it's the same thing for me too. It's just yep. time flies. It's just what I naturally love doing. Yeah. So really immerse myself. And then, you know, as, as you kind of learn more and you start to get better at it, you start to like it mm-hmm. more too as well. Right. And you get more involved in it. I'm curious about that. It's actually one of the things I wanted to ask you about because in some ways, like you're sort of taking one for the team and that like you're giving up something that you actually intrinsically love to do mm-hmm. and that you're good at. Yeah. And I mean, you, you think about sort of yeah. where you get that sense of flow, right? Yeah, totally. Like you don't really get the sense of flow from management. I'm sorry. It's yeah. just, you know, one-on-ones with people like uh, thinking about compensation structures, et cetera. So I'm wondering like, yeah, how did you essentially, and I don't want to overstate mm-hmm. yeah. it, right? L- learn to love mm-hmm. leading people. Yeah. I think the big breakthrough for me is that I think it is a flow, but it's a different type of flow that happens over a much longer period of time. And you can't like yeah. look at it in shorter time frames. Because if you look at it in shorter time frames, like I'm in meetings all day and a lot of them are like hearing about issues and problems. And not all of them are fun. Like I don't think that's true. I don't think everyone as a manager loves every single <laughs> meeting that, that they're in. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. But those meetings turn into like working with your teams to find solutions. And those solutions are oftentimes not like engineering solutions where you fix a bug and you get a test to pass mm. and then all of a sudden it's not an issue. Anymore. They're much more complex issues and they take a variety of different angles to, to solve. But over a period of months, you look back on that problem that you were dealing with and you see the change that you've helped steer over a period yes. of months, right? 
And when you look back, that sense of satisfaction for me hmm. is incredible. It's I derive a lot of happiness from the change that I'm able to do over the longer period of time. And I've seen it happen enough now that whenever I am in a tricky situation or a difficult situation, I look forward now to see, okay, six months from now, hmm. when we've kind of put together a plan and slowly but surely start start to uh, solve the problem, I know I'm going to look back on this moment and see how much better we are six months from now than than we are today. Because this has happened so many times, like looking back, I'm now, I think, able to look forward and get a lot of enjoyment hmm. from what I'm doing day to day. So that's kind of it's almost, almost like a mindset shift on you have to like look at it over a much longer period of time. And I would say I, I get yes. the same amount of satisfaction in doing this and same amount of addiction, I think, as, as, I, as I was huh. from coding. I, I think those are such encouraging words for so many of the founders and leaders who started you know, their career in an individual contributor role, mm-hmm. got addicted to the thrill of that, yeah. and now have to find a way to love something maybe they might not have inherently learned yeah. to love, yeah. leadership in this case. Yeah. And I, I, I so appreciate, Edward, the advice about changing the time scale of impact and mm-hmm. uh, of progress. It's not a, oh, we ship this feature in a month and, and then you see, you know, revenue numbers go up or engagement numbers go up. Yeah. It's a six month time scale. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a different kind of problem. Maybe yeah. that isn't as objective of what is good or bad, right? Or it's a year long time scale. So I think that's such helpful advice of like, we should adjust our relative frame of expectation around when we, yeah, when we expect to see see something different, yeah, see, see something change. Yeah. And then I think the other thing that you touched on, and I may be projecting here, and so would be curious to sort of hear your thoughts back, is the impact is also different, right? So it's like with the mm-hmm. kinds of problems mm-hmm. that you're solving are problems that enable other people to then do their work yeah. versus the work itself. And there's a problem in the work itself yeah. and in the code itself or in the design itself. Totally. Uh, and yeah. it's, it's a different kind of impact. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've seen people during their time at Gusto grow so much and some of them yeah. leave to go start their own companies and go do amazing things. Of course, you know, everyone is kind of responsible and accountable to their own success and failures. But part of me also knows that I, I played a small part in helping yep. this person get there. And it's a totally different type of satisfaction you get. But I love it. I love I love seeing that kind of stuff. And Totally. And organizational growth as well. Oh, absolutely. And and what I what what I infer to from that is uh, you know something we think a lot about at Know Your Team is the fact that organizational growth and success is tied directly yeah. to individual right. growth and success. Like you actually can't have a team be successful if each individual doesn't feel like they're making progress against their own dreams and goals and aspirations. And so, I, you know, if we think a lot about, well, yeah, we need to talk about company mission. We need to talk about our, you know, team goals and values. Uh, but we, we actually just finished off. We, we did a retreat, you know, mm-hmm. last week. And one of the things I asked each team member to do was to write out essentially like a personal vision statement. Yeah. And like, don't take a longer, you know, don't take longer than an hour to write it. And you could literally, you know, it could be a drawing, <laughs> like it yeah. could be a paragraph, it could be a manifesto, whatever you want it to yeah. be. Like, I don't really care. But the idea is like, you know, 10 years from now, what do you want to be true for yourself? Right. right? Yeah. Because that individual person's dreams, aspirations, idea of what is success. Yeah. Like you, we have to find a way as leaders to connect that to the bigger picture totally. or else. Yeah. Like it just doesn't matter to them. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the best alignment that you can get is if people are doing the things that are in line with their you know, personal goals, that's also like really 
align with the company goals, and then also stuff that they're really good at, right? And if you can, as a leader, map the work that needs to get done to the people that you have and find that alignment, yep. everything just like falls into place so nicely. And Doesn't like, it? People do the great, the best work yeah. of their lives. Uh, they make a huge oh, impact on the company and they get a lot of personal growth from it. It's really awesome to see that. So I try to spend my time thinking about how do I, right. kinda, it's like a, and the alignment isn't always there because, you know, of course. Not, we don't live in a perfect world, but like it's a puzzle, right? You need to kind of figure out like how to optimize for that for everybody and for the company. Absolutely. No, and it's a, it's actually, you know, something that I, I wanted to ask you is like, how do you create that alignment, right? Like, how do you think about that, right? You were saying it's kind of like a puzzle. Like, do you block off specific time? Like, is it conversations yeah. and one-on-ones? Like, do you spend time during retreats? Like, yeah. how? And, and so, one, how do you do it? And then second question being, yeah, like, what happens when it doesn't, when it doesn't line up? Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with hiring. So um, you can find yes. that alignment with the company by just being selective on who you invite into the company. Right. And so we yes, have interviews that yep. test for values alignment um, with mm-hmm. gusto values. And that just kind of like just makes a higher probability that the people that you're working with, like there's already that alignment. Right. And then also yes. skills. Right. Like we're always looking for people who have the skills that the company needs to continue to be successful. So that's another part of the interview process. Right. And so just by the interview process, you are, you are already trying to create that alignment, the values alignment between the per- individual and the company, but also skills alignment of, of what this individual has and what the company needs. And so you're yes. already in a good starting point if you spend a lot of time upfront investing there in the interview process. And then in, once they're in the company, I think uh, what I do tactically mm-hmm. is I actually, for all of my reports, have one-on-ones that are tactical one-on-ones, which I have either every week or once every two weeks, depending on the individual. And those are just more Mm -hmm. like problem solving, what's going on, how can I help you type conversations. And then once a quarter, and everyone has a different cadence, some do it once every two months or so, but I do it once Mm. every three months. I do like a pretty deep career personal discussion Yes, where we don't talk about any of the tactical stuff. And I have a list of questions that I'll ask them and have them think about before the meeting. And we just have a conversation around what they're looking for in that t- longer term time frame for themselves yep. personally? What's your personal vision statement? Right, right. What are the opportunities in the company that you think could align with where you want to go personally? Yep. And the goal is not to have like a set of like action items. You're going to go to this team tomorrow from that <laughs> yes. conversation, but to really understand what is it that motivates that person and what they're looking for in the long term. Um, and again, going back to what we talked about earlier is like, it's just very different yeah. for, for every person. And so I think it's important to have that have that conversation um so just Absolutely. i think just dedicating time a separate time exactly that the dedicated the isolated time i mean i can't you know for our own team i'm even thinking about how you know we recently hired uh, an operations manager who expressed uh you know she has a background in writing you know a degree in creative writing and yeah. you know, expressed a desire to sort of flex those skills more and we started having her you know write some things for our online leadership community the water cooler yeah. Yeah. Her name's Mandy and she's been like killing it. Yeah. They're like extremely awesome. well written and yeah. the engagement's really great. And it was just this yeah. beautiful surprise yeah. of, wow, like had I not asked that question during a one-on-one meeting yeah. about, you know, what do you, what areas you want to grow in? Like what skills do you want to further develop? Like she wouldn't be contributing that. And that's yeah. like furthering the company. It's not just this like, oh, yeah. personal thing right. where you want to improve your personal. It's right. like, yeah, no, that's important. Yeah. But it's actually really helping the company. And right. it, it boggles my mind that, you know, that just, that 
you know, that just one small question sort of totally. unfurled to this bigger yeah. project. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And when, like you said, when you get that alignment, it's crazy just like what happens Absolutely. in that case. So then the second part of that question was, unfortunately, the flip, right? Yeah. <laughs> like what happens ugh, the when... The alignment is not there. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, okay. Yeah. You know, you tried to hire for it and like... Or maybe... Or here's the other thing. It changes sometimes for people, right? Like yeah. your motivations change. Yeah, people change personal situations. Exactly. You know, a really tactical one is uh, people need to move sometimes for personal reasons, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the team that they're on is not in that location. And so uh, yeah. all of a sudden, like a very tactical reason has caused things to get misaligned. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think it is being okay with non-perfect alignment, but a good alignment. So yeah. I think it's very idealistic to think that during someone's time in a company, at every single point in time that that alignment is going to exist 100%. Mm. It's just not. And so I think it's, again, just optimizing for that alignment as much as you can and uh, being okay on both sides if it's not 100% there, right? Sometimes you'll have someone work on something that's better aligned with what they want to do, but maybe mm -hmm. about 70% there for what the company needs. may not have been the first, yeah. the number one thing on your list, uh, but maybe it's like two yeah. or three. And I think actually, I can live with that. That's okay. Um, and then also the mm -hmm. opposite as well too, right? Uh, sometimes mm -hmm. you really need someone to be working on the number one thing for the company. Exactly. Uh, and that yep. and the individual is like, maybe it's not the perfect thing that they want to be working on personally, right? And being okay with yeah. that too, right? I think yeah. on both sides, we're on this mission together. And so there's like kind of a mutual understanding that like there will be times where they'll be more aligned. Sometimes they won't be aligned. And sometimes they won't be aligned at all. And we just mm -hmm. ask people sometimes saying, we just like, this is kind of the most important thing for the company. Uh, when push comes right. to shove, like we have to prioritize the company over ourselves. It right. won't be like this forever because I don't think this is sustainable, but we just need people to like uh, help out with this thing. And I think that's okay. I think people are very open-minded about it. And one of the things, it, it goes back to like the values alignment. That is one of the things we, we hire for is, hmm. is yeah. uh, just that humility and also ownership mentality that, uh, you know, we're all going to contribute, right? In, in ways that may not be the best way that I, I feel like I want to contribute. But we're all going to contribute and help out. Right. So I think just setting expectations with people that it won't be aligned 100% of the time. And sometimes it's okay for a period of time where it's not aligned. Absolutely. No, I, th I think that uh, I think it's a refreshing, refreshing perspective. I mean, you're, you're kind of the living example of that, Edward, right? Like you literally are doing your role today because you're like, well, it's kind of what the company needs. Yeah. And maybe in an ideal world, I would like be, you know, in a hotel room coding, yeah. you know, by myself, all the yeah. time, right? Like, yeah. it's and, and but learning to love it over time, right? Exactly. And, and that's something that I think I found happens a lot. Huh. You don't know. Yeah. I think people are just really flexible in what they like to do or, or things that they didn't think they like to do, they find that they love doing it. I found that happened to me personally so many times. I didn't even want to be an engineer when I was when I went to college. I had no idea what computer <laughs> science or I didn't have any of that at my school. It was just Our CTO is actually very similar. Like he actually hated coding. Like oh, really? first learned. <laughs> yeah. And well I, I actually the first time yeah. I coded I I loved it. I just didn't know. You like okay, you like that. Yeah. Got it, got yeah. It. I actually wanted to be a film director, believe it or not, when I when I uh oh, funny. Yeah. When I wanted to grow. And that's kinda of like what I, my intention was when I was right. applying for schools and everything. And it just so happened that my roommate was huh. taking a computer science class, CX106A, and it was just almost out of peer pressure. He just wanted me to go to class with him and do huh. homework together. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll try Hi, it buddy. out. And, and I took it, and, and I was like, this is awesome. Like, I love this stuff so much. And so I've seen countless times how things that you may not think are aligned actually mm -hmm. turn out to be aligned. People 
get challenged in, in ways that they didn't want to be challenged. And they're like, actually, like, I'm really liking this stuff. I want to keep doing it. And so kind of alignment sometimes presents, presents itself, itself as, as well. I, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I can think about like my own personal journey and the things of like the, the initial inclination, like where that comes from is like often very random and externally influenced. And then like what you end up liking and surprising yourself along the way. Like we have such capacity for growth and flexibility just as humans. And then I think the other thing that I, you know, I'm reading between the lines here is the, the connection so much to the mission and the meaning of what you're doing, like this bigger picture. Yeah. And that that's what everyone is is centered around. And that yeah. gives people a reason to try to learn and challenge themselves. And yeah. like, I think without that, non-alignment doesn't work. Totally. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you always need that like common thread. Exactly. Of why people are here. Right. Um, like even variance in alignment doesn't work. Like if I, you mm-hmm. know, if you have a team that's, you know, working together and people don't really care about the ultimate vision. Yeah. And, you know, you, and then you ask people, hey, can you work on this thing, yeah. even though it's not really yeah. personally what you want? That's yeah. not going to fly. Yeah. Yeah. You just get a bunch of mercenaries yeah. in the company. Um, exactly. Instead of missionaries, right. is, is what you want. Right. And, and I think, you know, Gusto is such such a living proof of, you know, like you said, you optimize highly for values, you hire around it. It sounds like yeah. you're extremely intentional around that. And so it's because of that that you're able to even have the conversation of like, hey, we really need you right now. And it's yeah. temporary. Yeah. And like, it's, yeah. you might not like in the beginning, that's okay. But like, yeah. can you hang in with, you know, yeah. hang in there for yeah. us? And for people, people rise to the occasion all the yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's really cool because there's, there's like kind of a recursive nature to this because Gusto mm, is a people yeah. company, right? We are building the people <laughs> yeah. platform for small businesses. We have over 100,000 yep. companies that are using us for not just payroll, but all the kind of benefits and employee lifecycle aspects of things. Yep. And so that's something that we see and we want to also impart in the companies that we serve as well. These are not just thoughts or conversations that like people in tech have. I think they're actually things that small business owners, whether it's a coffee shop or a church or professional Absolutely. services office. They all care about this stuff too. And they also have these insights about their people as well. Oh, completely. And they, yeah. and, and here's the thing. It's like, it's not, ju- I mean, you know, we're, we, you know, you and I, we both work in tech. It, it's not just tech companies that yeah. have a, like a, a meaningful mission and a meaningful vision. It's like yeah. every single company totally. has a yeah. picture of a better place, a, a future for their customers that they want to create. It doesn't, yeah. yeah, like it could be a construction company, it can be a law firm, whatever it is. And totally. it's interesting because, I, you know, I talk to so many founders and leaders who will tell me, like, yeah, Claire, we're an ad agency. So like yeah. vision isn't really, yeah, it's not really a thing. We don't think of like, I don't know. Like, yeah, we've like tried to spend some time thinking about vision and I get really bullish on it and I push back and I say, Hey, here's the thing. Like, yeah. this is the one thing you have to commit to and talk totally. to your team about co-creating it. Because right. if you don't have that, yeah. then the moments when yeah. push come to shove, when things aren't, you know, it's going to be 70% aligned one way yep. or another, that's yeah. not going to work. Totally. People totally. are going to leave. Yeah. yeah. Or or the work's not going to be very good. Yeah. And so absolutely, this is just such a wonderful reminder to me of very practically how, how much vision comes into play and totally. values and, yeah. and, and purpose yeah. in an organization. Yeah. And I think for smaller companies, you know, a lot of times I've found when I talk to them, I talk to our customers, it's around yeah. like the community that they're in and how they're contributing to the to mm, uh, the people yeah. around them, the neighborhood, and I think that's just also just as beautiful of a thing too for their for their mission. My God, so, it's yeah. it's critical. It's yeah. so it's so critical, and and 
And I, I'm, I'm loving just the encouragement uh, and nudge here for, for all of us as leaders to be thinking more intentionally about it and mm-hmm. how, how important that is for, for alignment yeah. overall. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, Edward, thank you, my goodness, for all your insights, for sharing your story, too, so candidly and in such detail. Thank you for having me on here. It was great to share. And, um, you bet. And, uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much again. And, hey, for everyone who's listening, you know, be sure to definitely reach out to Edward and, and check out Gusto. And if you've been enjoying this, this interview, too, to, to leave us a review on our Heartbeat podcast on Apple as well. So thank you so much, everyone. And, and thank you to you, Edward. Awesome. Thank you.